Grab your mason jars, strap on that apron. It's time for Canning with the Diva. Making her mark across the globe. Teaching you how to safely preserve delicious recipes. Please welcome your host, Diane Devereaux, the Canning Diva. Hey there, everyone. It's Diane Devereaux, the Canning Diva. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am very excited about today's episode, which is titled Five Helpful Tips for Buying a Pressure Canner. And I know that right now many of us are putting our canners away uh, that own them because we're going to be preparing for the holidays, of course. Uh, But those of you that have been on the fence about pressure canning and want to add a pressure canner to your Christmas list, I thought it would be prudent to share the five tips with you so that you understand um, what it is you need to look for when you're out there either shopping or adding a particular canner to your list. And so today's five helpful tips um, will will assist you uh, in either way. And then for those of you who've already been pressure canning and you're looking to uh, dive deeper, maybe purchase a second canner, or you don't like the canner you have, maybe it was passed down to you and and it's a a means to an end. It's something that you have made work, but you just maybe want a larger one. You know, yield is important when we're canning. Uh, These tips will also be for you. So don't feel that uh, if you have already been pressure canning or you already own a pressure canner that this podcast isn't for you because I guarantee you there's going to be some valuable tips whether you're looking to expand on what you know or you are new to home canning and preserving low acid foods and are ready to dive in. Let's get started. Now, as an educator, I spend a great deal of time answering valuable questions to help canners across the world. I'm very blessed to say that my reach just isn't in the United States. It is literally all over the globe and I couldn't be more blessed. But more often than not, The same question will surface, which means to me, you know, great minds think alike. And when it comes to pressure canning, I get a lot of questions and I love every single one of them because the more you ask, the more you learn. And through knowledge, we overcome our fears of of canning and preserving food. And then you get to stand back full of pride, looking into your, your pantry or storage area just grinning ear to ear because you know that you're staring at all of your hard work and you've done something amazing for yourself and your family and loved ones. Now, there's many benefits to pressure canning, and it truly opens a whole new world to food preservation. Um, I'm going to dive into these tips and, and some of my advice, but I want to remind you of the major benefits of pressure canning food. And, and the first would be yield. So after working very hard, you know, creating a, let's say a triple batch of, of my white chicken chili and you're filling up teen jars, you know, there's something exciting um, about knowing that you can double your yield or your output when you're processing. And this, this is a big deal for those of you that have larger families or you are looking to really put up as much as possible the size of the pressure canner and the amount that you yield need to be taken into account. 
So we can definitely call this a helpful tip number one, if you'd like, because understanding what it is you want to accomplish through home canning is going to be the pinnacle of, all right, now what decisions do I make? So your yield and the size of the canner are going to go hand in hand. Uh, the reason I bring this up first is those of you who, like me, I have a tall 23-quart uh, pressure canner. I use Presto. Um, and the 23-quart canners are made to be taller, specifically because by purchasing a second flat rack, you are able to double stack your pints. And in some cases, like with the manufacturer All-American, they have... Uh, very large canners, um, and they do have a hefty price tag, but you can double stack pints, but also quarts. And um, like, for instance, their 30-quart pressure canner, and that's going to tap out around $500. Um, that allows you to process 14-quart jars. How exciting. So yield is important. How many mouths are you feeding? What is your plan to go ahead and, you know, stock up or put up as much as possible. Knowing how much you want to yield is crucial when you are going to be buying a pressure canner. Now, depending on the jar size, you know, I can share with you the variety of options. And I've done so on my website at canningdiva.com. Um, the smallest I recommend for home canners, when even if it, you're just canning for yourself, okay, would be a 10-quart size. That would be the absolute smallest, in my opinion, because otherwise it's really not worth all of the hard work. With a 10-quart size pressure canner, your yield, when you're processing your foods in jars, um, you're getting four quarts, seven pints, and maybe like 10, 9 to 10 um, half quarts, you know, those taller jars that we see that many people love to put asparagus in. Um, that is the maximum. And typically, if you're going to be utilizing a 10-quart size pressure canner, you're having to cut a canning recipe in half. And that's going to then give you that yield. So, I, I, that is the smallest, and then it just goes up from there. Depending on the manufacturer, of course, you're going to have um, some differences and some, you know, uh, I should say different features and benefits because nothing's really a negative. It just truly comes down to what you what you want and what you need in your home. Um, so the one I use the most, like I said, is the 23-quart. That's probably the most common. Uh, again, mine is a Presto. If you are looking at an all-American brand, the most popular um, size is the 25-quart. And again, the quart size is about the vessel, you know, the, the unit itself, that volume that you put in there. But whether it's a 23-quart Presto or a 25-quart All-American pressure canner, you're fitting about the same. You're getting seven quarts. You can get upwards of 19 pints. Um, and that's huge, right? That's really huge because you're double stacking. Okay, now the next tip kind of tied into what I was saying in the first tip, which is variety. I kind of shared with you the variety of sizes, but now let's talk about the variety of foods. I mean, when you sit down to write your list of your, we'll just say Christmas wish, right? 
I want you to not just think about the pressure canner, okay? I want you to think about the variety of foods, okay? And I want you to get excited about preserving low acid foods like vegetables, squash, meats, soups, um, because they truly, you know, require that higher time and temperature to safely preserve for long food or long-term storage, excuse me. Now, if you are in other countries, I totally understand that pressure canners are not always readily available. And if they are, they are extremely expensive or you're shipping them in from the United States and then you're paying all the additional taxes and what have you. Um, I'm not saying that pressure canners can't be, you know, utilized across the globe. I just fully understand that it's not always the case. And so I understand that many of you have to water bathe your low acid foods. But the reason I focus so heavily on pressure canning is not just because they're at my disposal here in the United States, but it truly simplifies the canning process and the variety of things in which I can preserve in a jar. Um, it's gotten to the point where I think many of us who've been canning for a while now, we rarely need to frequent the grocery store. We've got everything we need in our pantry, in our home. And that's, that's quite a blessing. So like I tell people, if, you know, I'm going to go shopping, but what I really mean is I'm heading down to my pantry. I'm going to shop in my pantry first, grab what I need to make that meal, right? And then um, I fill in the holes with fresh items that, you know, I'm not necessarily putting in a jar like bread and eggs and milk and so on. And those of you tuning in who do those things in a jar, I mean, that's awesome. High five. I haven't made that leap fully yet. <laughs> okay. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch on too is the convenience factor. So there is a chapter in two of my books, um, Canning Full Circle and The Complete Guide to Pressure Canning. Uh, I call the chapter Meals in a Jar. Because what I did is I dedicated to creating recipes geared towards convenience, right? Well, one quart meals, meals in a jar. You literally create this, can it, put it in your pantry. And when you are ready to eat a meal, you simply pop open that canning lid, put it into a saucepan, heat it, and eat it. Um, there are so many conveniences. I mean, just think about it. How many times have you stood in front of your refrigerator or even staring at your stove like, what am I going to make for dinner today? <laughs> you know, or you're exhausted. You know, I get it. We are all very busy and, you know, we want to put good things and healthy foods into our body. And, you know, sometimes we'll, we'll gravitate towards foods we know aren't good for us if we're out on the road or we just want something quick and delivered. Um, we get to alleviate that negative convenience and find positive convenience in our own pantries. So pressure canning provides you the ability to make meals in a jar. So things such as spaghetti sauces, stews, chili, um, pot pie filling, right? Whether it's chicken or beef, um, fun cuisines, you know, chicken cacciatore, Mediterranean uh, chicken. You can even do wild game like venison steak Diane. I mean, there's so many cool things that you can put in a jar that you otherwise wouldn't have been able to do had you not taken that leap into buying a pressure canner. So there is an initial time investment. Okay, we get that. 
you got to, you know, create the recipe in order to get it in a jar. But once that, you know, has been accomplished, I mean, the convenience is there and a lot of us reward ourselves in the winter months. Um, and that doesn't mean you have to have snow on the ground in order to have winter. You know, I get it. I have you all tuning in from everywhere. So, you know, um, I understand winter is relative, but, you know, when you want that downtime, it's excellent to be able to just walk into your pantry, grab a jar or two of, you know, your spaghetti sauce and, and make a, a hearty, wonderful meal in minutes. So a question I get uh, kind of hinging off of, you know, where I first started in this podcast, um, I get asked a lot what type of pressure canner I would recommend. Now, you'll hear me talk about a variety of brands. And yes, maybe one day I will get paid for saying their name. Who knows? <laughs> I would love it. But when I speak of Presto, I speak of it because I use it. I own six Presto canners. And I also now own their digital canner. And I have for a couple of years. So I am more partial. And you'll often hear me reference them. But I fully understand that might not be the right purchase for everyone. So I want you to look at some of the other brands like All American, Miro, M-I-R-R-O, is another popular brand. They seem to be a bit smaller in size. So for those of you looking to, um, you know, watch, you're watching your budget and you're looking to just do maybe half, half batches of recipes or just a smaller level of canning, you know, those seem to be, the Miro seems to be like the, the best bang for your buck, if you will. Um, and they are smaller capacity. Um, I know that for digital, um, there's the Cary, C-A-R-E-Y, Nesco, N-E-S-C-O, Cary Nesco, and then the uh, digital pressure canner that uh, Presto came out with. That's pretty exciting. Now, that one is a 12-quart, and if you're taking notes, please jot this down because they offer several digital pressure cookers, but the canner is model number 02144. That is huge because you want to make sure, especially with Black Friday coming and all of the, um, you know, the shopping ads that are going to be pushed our way. I want to make sure that you don't get overly excited to buy the digital Presto pressure canner and click on the wrong model. It's very crucial you get the right one if you want to be canning. Okay. All right. So with that, you know, when, when I go to answer, you know, what type, it, it's a very complicated and complex answer. It's, it's, it truly comes down to personal preference. Okay. Um, the decision is based on, you know, the weightiness, like how heavy. I think the decision is also built on um, your household size, uh, your financial budget. You also have to factor in your stovetop. As crazy as this sounds, you've got to think of that. For those of us with glass stovetops, we may not be able to put that all-American 25-quart pressure canner on there. For those sheer uh, reason of, of, of heftiness and weight, uh, the all-American canners are very, very thick. They're very well-made, but they're extremely heavy, okay? And if you have a weight limit, whether it's glass or induction, um, a, a pressure canner may not be the most suitable apparatus for that glass stovetop. And so now you've got to think about either a less heavy canner 
which a presto or a miro would fall in, into that. Or you may have to just uh, change your your um, kitchen heating altogether and buy a butane uh, portable camping stove to do your pressure canning on. I've been doing that um, as well as I bought a, a, an outdoor chef stove that uses, you know, a large propane tank because my glass stovetop, I don't have gas. I can't afford to run the gas to the kitchen because my, my whole basement is finished and I'd be literally having to rip things apart. And I'm not, I'm just not willing to do that. Um, also for those of you with induction, you have to be mindful of that pressure canner for the stovetop. Will it work? Will it create that magnetic charge that's required to get the induction up and running, right? Without a certain ferrous metal uh, or ferrous metal in general, you know, it won't work. Induction needs that connectivity. So a lot of the pressure canners are made of aluminum. That right there means you're going to either need to purchase an apparatus, one of those flat discs that allows the conduction of the heat from the induction top to the aluminum base, or you're going to need to consider what some of us have done with the electric um, glass tops and get that portable, you know, butane camping stove or, or some type of configuration um, for either outdoor or I, I'm going to be, I'm working on a, a canning area in my garage and I'm so excited, you guys. I'm so excited. I've just about got that finished up and uh, I don't have heat in my garage, so I'll be using... Um, uh, some propane um, heaters. So I'll have a lot of propane going on in there, but I think it's going to be an excellent way for me to really crank out my yield without my having to go to a commercial kitchen. Okay, so I rattled off like four different things you need to think about. The household size, your budget, you know, your personal preferences, your stovetop. You know, there's there's no wrong answer. Uh, when purchasing a UL certified pressure canner. And there are so many reasons to choose one pressure canner over another. So the decision has to fully be made by you. Um, but that's what these tips are for. So I want you to think about, you know, how much you intend to yield, how much you want to maximize every, every, you know, um, time you're canning. You know, you want to only get seven quarts done or do you want to get upwards of 14 quarts done in, in one processing? Um, so think of those things. Um, but then also, you know, um, multiples. If budgets, if, if your financial budget is, is the main factor, you may want to be able to then purchase a more affordable pressure canner or with some of the deals coming up, get two of the same and now you're, you're really maximizing your yield. So think of these things as you're um, researching the various pressure canners out there. The other thing you need to think about is how you want to go about monitoring your pressure canner. Now let me dive in on, on what I mean by that. The traditional stovetop pressure canners will have either a visual indicator, which is a dial gauge, or they will have an audible indicator, which is, you know, you're hearing the ticking noise made by the pressure gauge, okay? And it doesn't have any visual indicator. And then, of course, the All-American gives you both. Of course they do. 
<laughs> so you're you got you got the audible and you've got the visual. So you got you have both the best worlds, uh, which is wonderful. Uh, but you know, what do you? What, how do you want to go about this? If, if the All American is not in your budget, because those canners get upwards of seven hundred dollars. Okay, depending on the size, they start out at over three hundred. And they go upwards to about $650, $700, depending on where you're buying them from. And sadly, right now, I'm on their website and I'm scrolling through and I'm noticing everything is out of stock except for their All-American 21-quart pressure canner. And that retails for $420. Um, that's their taller version of the standard kind of uh, – that's probably comparable – to the Presto, but much, much larger uh, price tag and very heavy. But let's focus on one or the other, the mirror or the Presto, because you have a visual or an audible. You, you've got two options. What? How do you see yourself canning? Do you want to be glued to that stovetop having to watch a dial gauge? Or do you have the capacity to constantly have an open ear tuning into the noise that the pressure canner weighted gauge is supposed to make? For many of us, those stovetop options were kind of like more of a pain. So many gravitated to the digital canner, which for the most part, is like that concept of set it and forget it, right? You you get your jars all into the canner, you follow the steps, you work it through each of the steps until it's to that point where it's processing, and then you get to you get to walk away. So you have to be mindful of the amount of time and attention you want to spend uh, monitoring your pressure canner. You know, do you want to listen to it? Do you want to see it? Would you rather just set it and forget it? With setting and forgetting it, with the digital canners, okay, you're sacrificing the yield because they're smaller. They don't hold as much. They hold five quarts uh, for the Presto, and I believe it's four quarts for the Nesco. So you, these are all things you have to weigh. Again, none of them are right or wrong. It just depends on your personal preference. Now, National Presto Industries, they'll manufacture both styles of canners, okay, uh, most of their websites, All American, uh, Miro, Presto, um, they'll, they'll give you the option to kind of do some comparing. You can go right to their websites and they list some of the operational differences so that you can kind of do a, a nice comparison. Okay. Um, if you prefer one over another, um, that is where. I, I get some more questions coming in. Like I just answered one today um, on my Facebook uh, Messenger. Someone had just purchased their Presto digital pressure canner, the the correct model, the 02144. And she was so excited to get canning. But her first question was, do I need to modify all these recipes? Like, what do I do now that it's digital instead of a stovetop canner? Okay, for the for all of you tuning in that are leaning more towards the digital canning and going that route as a new canner, the beauty with the two manufacturers is they took all the guesswork out. You don't need to modify your recipes, okay? Um, Presto specifically, and that's the one she purchased, um, they were going to process every recipe, no matter where you live or what your elevation is, at 15 pounds of pressure, okay? So that removes... 
the fear, the liability of, you know, you not hitting the right button and processing improperly. They just decided everything's going to be processed as it should, no matter where you live at what an elevation. Now that works out great from a safety aspect, but one thing I've noticed living in a lower elevation in Michigan, I don't have any elevation. Um, I had to start giving myself more headspace for thicker recipes like spaghetti sauces and whatnot. Uh, the reason is because I'm processing at 15 PSI in that canner, I'm, I'm, it's hot in there. We're now over 250 degrees. And when things get hot, the molecules move, they move more rapidly. And I run the risk of siphoning, which means food's going to kind of get pushed out of that jar. And when that happens, I run the risk of food remaining on the jar rim, which could cause the lid not to seal. So, you know, there's, that's the only tweak I have found when using a digital pressure canner. Other than that, if those of you tuning in are listening or, or listening to my options and my suggestions and my tips and, and you're weighing all of these things and you're looking at either a Carrie Nesco um, digital canner or a Presto digital canner, just know that any of any of the canning recipes out on the market today, including those from my book, from my website, from Ball, they can all be utilized without you having to make any adjustments. Okay, so the other factor that I want you to consider when you're deciding which type of pressure canner to buy does come down to price. It's, it's your financial budget, you know, and everyone is different. Every household is different. And so, you know, that is something that, you know, we all have to make adjustments for and, and, and really evaluate, especially now. I mean, more so than ever. Um, we're seeing the price of things skyrocket. You know, just two years ago, we could purchase that stovetop 23-quart Presto pressure canner for, you know, $80 to $120. Now, it's upwards. That same canner is upwards of $175. I've seen it as high as $190. Um, the Presto digital canner. When I first bought mine, I was very blessed that I, I got it when I did. And that was $250, which was still a huge amount of money for me. You know, I'm on a budget myself. And, you know, I had to set a money aside and I had to really evaluate, okay, it, am I going to use this to justify that cost? Because I own six stovetop canners. And honestly, with my moving to a home that does not have a gas stovetop, it was the best decision I ever made. I wouldn't be able to can as much as I've been canning on such a regular basis without that digital canner. Um, sadly, now that in the last two years, that price has increased by $100. Uh, so what was once $250 is now $350. Um, so when people um, reach out to me and they're like, oh, I'm on the fence, I'm not sure. I mean, my first words out of my mouth are usually don't wait too long because I've watched the price just go up, up and up. So I'm really hoping manufacturers with Black Friday around the corner and Christmas, you know, coming, I really hope they're going to be doing a great job getting some deals out there for those of us that, you know, really want to make this a part of our lives. And those of you leaning towards digital, I will say this, because I am setting up a, a, a canning kitchen in my garage and I will be utilizing my um, stovetop canners in there. Um, 
what I have found is the digital pressure canner, no matter the brand, it really helps you integrate pressure canning into your everyday life because you can leave it on your countertop. And before you know it, it's like it's it's the most used small appliance in your home. So keep that in mind. Okay. Those are the prices. Again, they vary. You got to do the research, but I don't want you to think that new is always the answer. So while purchasing a new pressure canner is optimal, um, don't hesitate to check your local estate sales. Um, buying a used model online, you know, I, I've seen that done. I have seen individuals with buyer remorse. All they did was open the box or some of them didn't even open it. They just held on to it for a year. And they, they, for whatever reason, have chose not to learn how to preserve food in jars. And they're they're now getting rid of it. They want to sell it. Don't be afraid to look at Facebook Marketplace or eBay or any of the local groups and, and um, advertisements in your area. And more often than not, these individuals will ship it to you. So keep that in mind especially for those of you tuning in. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at the All-American Pressure Canner website and I'm just so sad how everything is just about out of stock. So, you know, five tips that I, I just shared, they almost sound so easy and logical, but we really need to incor- incorporate all of them when we're making a buying decision. Now, also, and just going to give a little plug here uh, for for my books, of course, if you are new to pressure canning and you're going to be, you know, buying a canner, make sure you purchase my book, The Complete Guide to Pressure Canning. I really do break everything down in very easy, digestible um, formats of, of information so that you're not overwhelmed you know, I build your confidence, I take away that fear, and I give you some delicious recipes so that you can learn and preserve everything your heart desires when it comes to, you know, suitable low acid foods. Um, And the benefit is these are long-term storage items, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, you're getting upwards of three to five years with your home canned goods. I mean, that's huge. It's the same if sometimes not longer um, for what you were already buying in the grocery store. So I highly recommend my book, The Complete Guide to Pressure Canning for those of you who are just even looking for some cool new recipes. Um, But if you're starting out in, in pressure canning and you don't know which way to go, my book can definitely be your guide. You can find that on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, Walmart, um, I'm even blessed to, to see some of our local bookstores have been bringing that in for their customers. Oh, and um, libraries. I'm so blessed that over the years, more and more libraries are bringing um, the book into, actually multiple copies, thankfully, of the book into their libraries. So that's a great way to preview the book, uh, get, a, get a couple recipes under your belt and then go, okay, yes, I'm ready to make a buying decision. I wish it was that easy for canners too, right? (laughs) It's not, but (laughs) I wish it was. All right. For those of you new to Canning with the Diva, I make it available to everyone to engage with me, to exchange ideas, to ask me questions. So for those of you that have 
questions regarding, you know, pressure canning, dehydrating, long-term food storage, what, what to look for, um, you know, if, when making a buying decision for your pressure canner, you're welcome to email me at diane at And I highly encourage all of you tuning in to become a member of my private Facebook group, which is called Canning, Dehydrating, and Long-Term Food Storage. We have over 50,000 members who are just, my members are amazing. I'm so thankful for each and every one of them. The group is continually growing. It is a wonderful platform and resource. Whether you are a new canner or a veteran canner, I'm telling you, it, it will help you get rapid response answers to your questions. There is something exciting and, and just, you know, gives you so much joy to be able to post your first recipe or your hundredth recipe and share it with everybody in the community. You know, look what I've done, you know, look, look, look at the blood, sweat and tears I put into this amazing, you know, whatever jam, jelly, stew. Um, it's a, an amazing group of people that will not only continue to bolster your confidence, but can help get you answers if I'm not readily available. And for those of you who've been reaching out, I, I appreciate your graciousness because I, my goodness, I'm working on my next book, which is the second edition of Canning Full Circle, and that's going to launch in 2023. And, um, you know, my deadlines have been pretty strict. And, and what happens is, is I get very hyper-focused on, on the writing and the creating that I, I get a little bit behind in answering um, you guys. So I appreciate all of your um, support. And I really appreciate your patience with me, but definitely reach out, follow me on social media. Just all you got to do is Google canning diva. You'll, you'll, you'll see me. And of course, tune in next week for the next fun episode of canning with the diva. Happy canning everyone. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of canning with the diva for tips, recipes, and techniques. Please visit us online at canningdiva.com.